You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hard true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Luxford. I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At the Diner, the flagship podcast here. On the GGR Pirate Radio Network, my name is Mike Lunsford. I am one of your hosts for the podcast shenanigans that we do here. Um, but check out our website. I'm also the editor-in-chief of that. It is greatgeekrefuge.com. Lots of great articles, lots of great podcasts. In fact, there's a whole slew of new content that has just come out. Um, he's not with us on this episode today, um, but MC Brooks has new content on two of the podcasts that he does. The first one being uh, The Overflow with MC Brooks. Check that out. Um, but he also did one for our sports podcast, which is GGR Postgame. Check that out as well. Um, we've got content uh, upcoming from our Star Trek podcast, FedCon, which is hosted by Mariah Beachboard. We got content from our video game podcast, which is hosted by Jess and Russ. Check that out as well. That's called The Gamer Den. Uh, we've got content. Hey! Rambo was on this. He's on this episode today, too. We did an episode about Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2 featuring myself, featuring Mr. James Rambo, featuring the aforementioned Mariah Beachboard. Lots of great stuff. In fact, we got more great stuff for you today. Joining us on the podcast, as always, in co-host seat. Oh, he's been promoted because Mr. Brooks is out today. Um, Co-host seat number one. You know him. You love him. He is so knowledgeable when it comes to things movie, TV, comic books. Lots of things. In fact, you should talk to him if you ever see him. Just ask him about anything, because I'm sure that he'll be able to talk about it, because he is so knowledgeable, we refer to him as the professor. His name is James Rambo. I know a little bit about a lot of things. Yes. (laughs) Jack of all trades. Um, We have a special guest co-host today. Um, If you've been in our GGR group, you may have seen her. In fact, if you're just a patron of the arts in general, especially the visual arts. Let me tell you, this girl blows me away with the things that she can do with makeup. Like I like watching the process. I'm like, all right, all right. So there's a little white makeup going on there to cover everything. That makes sense. All right. And then step two, you put this and then step three, it's this. And then step four, holy shit. She looks like a monster. How did that happen? Um, it, it's incredible to think that like, that's something that I, I it, I've never like put two and two together, but like I always just assumed that like the only people that could do that like exist only in Hollywood. But no, no, they're amongst us all. They walk amongst us. These amazing makeup artists. Um, but she's just a talented visual artist in general. Um, huge horror aficionado. But we get to actually have her on the podcast. I've wanted to have her on the podcast for years now. Her name is Jordan Lee Cloud. Hi. Yeah, hooray. <laughs> uh, Rambo, tell us a little bit about how you know uh, Miss Cloud. Me and Jordan both went to the now non-existent Art Institute of Washington. Um, and it was financially, those, the financially defunct, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Only evidence of its existence is our diplomas. Um, yes. The lawsuit pending school. I went to one of those too. Oh no, there's there's already <laughs> been several lawsuits. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, and it's one of those like what you know, one of those like, we knew each other and we would you know, um, in that sort of like acquaintance way. But we actually became better friends after school. Yeah. Um, which is you know, it's always fun to have that happen. Yeah, I remember your long hair back in college. Yeah, that was that was a thing. <laughs> I had hair down the middle of my back. Um, we call we call that uh, Rambo's uh, gaffer phase of his life, <laughs> as he looked like a guy who would just be moving microphones and stuff like yeah. <laughs> on a movie set. Yeah, very much. Um, but yeah, no, we went to went to AI together. Jordan, what did you major in? I majored in game art design. Oh, so that's why we had yeah. like a lot of the same friends. We had a lot of in a couple of classes, and we always like ran across each other because I remember you were animation. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was game art for like the first couple months, and then I realized I would have to do coding, and so I changed my major. Fuck all of that coding. <laughs> I remember doing coding. Like I remember I took intro to coding. And then for like the next quarter, they put me into advanced coding, and I'm like, I didn't take the other like, one. Whoa, honey! <laughs> but I still stayed in there because all we did in there was like we all just copied each other, and that's it. I mean, which like my understanding is like that's pretty much how coding period works. Yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like I need to do a thing. Let me give yeah. that shit real quick. Somebody, yeah. somebody's yeah. written that somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ninety nine times out of a hundred, yeah. I like I talked to so many friends that do that, and they're like, yeah, I Google that all the time. Yeah. Yep. So we all passed the class. I remember that. Nice. <laughs> so Jordan, I want you to take this opportunity to uh, tell the fans a little bit about yourself. Um, you don't have to give us like a whole like biography here. Really, this is just a chance for you to plug your shit because it's amazing. Oh. <laughs> and I want people to appreciate the amazing things that you do. Oh, well, one of the things that I really like to do is special effects makeup. And I'm not like a professional like in the Hollywood in the sense. I just do it as a hobby. And the thing is, I've always been into special effects makeup and the horror stuff because ever since I was little, I was into horror. Like, I've watched horror movies since I was, I don't know how young I was. Um, but I remember going to the video store and my dad would tell me and my sister, like, you could pick two movies. And I would always go straight to the horror section. That's, I went right there and I would pick the, my two movies was always one horror movie. So, so I just remember going through there and just watching, like, Jason cut people's heads off and everything like that. And I'd be like, yay, I love it. So and... I, got a, I got a question for you real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, that's fine. But like, so as a, as a little girl, you were doing this. Like how yeah. old are we talking? Uh, well, I wasn't doing the makeup stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I meant like running, running the horror movies and stuff like that. Oh, I, oh, I don't know how young I was. I was like very young, like okay. young to the point where I'm pretty sure my parents probably should not have been letting me watching them, but <laughs> I would just watch them and they would just let me watch them. And yeah. <laughs> hey, I asked this question because, and I'm Rambo, this, you may have run into this as well. Um, did you ever get the talk from a elementary school teacher about you drawing things that you probably shouldn't be drawing um, <laughs> because you were watching? Okay, so as a young, as a young boy, I was allowed to watch RoboCop. Probably shouldn't have watched that at like seven years old, but I was definitely recreating the scenes on notebook paper in like first grade, and the teacher had to have a conversation with my parents about it. I I had something similar to happen to me to that. Okay. <laughs> I remember one Christmas, my and I got these, and I got the box set of Child's Play, 
like one two and three and i remember just loving this box set i was like so excited and then so when we went back to school after christmas break they all asked us what was your favorite gift from santa <laughs> so i said my child's play box set and so she asked me like what is that what's child's play like, they didn't know and so i was like well i just remember saying like it was a doll that comes to life and he hurts people <laughs> And I went to a private Catholic school, so... Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> Phenomenal. So then I think they, they called my parents, and I remember my parents sitting me down, she was like, we don't care what you watch right now. Well, except, well, they do care, but they're like, we know you like watching these horror movies, but don't tell, don't talk about it. Don't school. tell anybody. <laughs> don't talk Look, about it. Some people just aren't as cool as we are. And that sucks for them, but that can cause problems for us. So we gotta keep this on the DL. <laughs> oh yeah. So I was like, okay. She's like, just talk about Sailor Moon. Like, just talk about Sailor Moon. I was like, okay. There you go. Let's hear it for irresponsible parenting. Yeah. Eighties yeah. okay. yeah. and '90s were fucking sick. It's so um, I, 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 and we talked about this recently. We talked about this on the Stranger Things episode. Yeah. The people I know that are into horror are some of the most well-adjusted people I know. Yeah. Yeah, the people agreed. who were like, "Oh no, I, I, I can't, I can't see anything like that." Those, those are the ones that I'm like, mm, mm, what's, "What's going on there?" What the skeletons <laughs> are in your closet. Yeah, like, like yeah, like it, I, I, I would be much more surprised to hear about one of my horror loving friends having like maimed or killed someone than the people I know who are like super straight laced, um, and you know maybe vote Republican. Um, like that that makes way more sense than because it's 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 the acknowledgement of like the darkness in people and the exploration of that kind of stuff as opposed to the people who um can't not necessarily can't be bothered but like refuse to do so um and 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 because to some degree it does require like some self-reflection and, and some you know like yeah. why am i okay with this why does this or doesn't this bother me mm -hmm. um and you know consideration um but yeah it, it's yeah i god I, I remember watching that shit when i was like definitely like single digit age yeah um because yeah. yeah that was just a thing like i don't even remember how we had access to it uh because we don't we had cable off and on as a kid but like stumbling on movies and things just didn't really happen all that often so yeah however it happened fucking great yeah it did. right yeah mm -hmm. it's funny too there's a thread in a lot of horror movies where the crazy religious are the bad guys um the first one that pops into my head is uh carrie carrie's mom mm-hmm you know, like as soon as Carrie gets her period, all of a sudden it's a huge problem, and like my, they're all gonna laugh at you. Like, yeah, that <laughs> that, and then the the creepy uh, pastor from uh, Poltergeist was it Poltergeist. Yes, too? that's yeah. who I was thinking of. Yeah, I was who I think. And you know, the guy in Poltergeist Two, which is actually my favorite one, uh, Will Sampson. He's actually from my tribe. No shit. No shit. That's awesome. Yeah. And the funny awesome. thing is, there's a um, I remember. Um, me and my parents, we went down to Oklahoma and then there was, there was a, um, there was a creek, which is my tribe's name, Muscogee Creek. There is a creek a museum and Will Sampson, before he became a actor, he was an artist. And so you can see his paintings in that creek museum. And so oh, I remember, dope. 
I remember going there and my dad was like, oh yeah, you know that guy from the Poltergeist movie? I was like, yeah. He's like, did you know that grandma, which is his mom, which is my grandma, she's like, you know, she actually babysat him. What? When he was younger. <laughs> yeah. So, That's so there's cool. a little tidbit there. <laughs> That's so cool. That is so cool. I didn't, yeah, yeah like I, I had no idea about that. Um, so, I totally forgot that he was chief in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh yeah, yeah that's I think right. that was his um first film. Yeah, that was his very first. Film. Oh shit, he was a good painter. Are you? Yeah. Oh, you're looking at his stuff right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of landscapes, a lot of like um, uh, like cowboys and uh, a lot of um, uh, Western era stuff. Yeah, this is good shit. Wow, yeah. nice. I'll have to ask you later, Jordan, because you mentioned that your your tribe is from Oklahoma. I wanted to ask you because I've absolutely fell in love with the. Um, Taika Waititi produced Hulu series Reservation Dogs and I wanted to find out from somebody who actually knows like how accurate is that is that pretty on par with like what things are like there yeah. or like is it okay because like yeah. it's, it's... I remember because yes. I, I remember watching it the first time and I was yeah. just like and so many memories will come back because yeah. because the place that they are shooting it I, I've been there before. Have you really? Like I've been there. I've been there plenty of times. That's around the area that my parents grew up in. Yeah. You no. Know? And so I remember because I used to what we used to do back home when I was younger, when my grandparents were still alive, we used to go back to Oklahoma for like every every summer. Yeah. So I technically grew up there like every summer. And so and so when I was watch reservation dogs and just hearing my language, so the language that they're speaking in there is Creek. Oh wow. So when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, I know what that's, I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying. <laughs> so like Mado, we hear, you hear him say Mado a lot. That means yeah. thank you. Yeah. So I just hear all those words all the time. And then the whole, <laughs> them just running around outside with like no supervision. Yeah, that happened. We did that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being outside playing in the dirt with my cousins. I did all of that. <laughs> yeah. So um, watching it was very like reminiscence of all that one of the cool things is seeing how the um native american community has responded to this especially like actors like when west duty showed up yes. in the episode i was like oh he's here too and mm -hmm. i can't remember the name of the character but the character was giving him his pronouns and he was like oh i'm so and so and my pronouns are he and him and he goes looks at him and he goes oh yeah no shit me too like <laughs> that was cheese cheese that's right cheese. Fucking cheese. yeah and like if that song greasy fry bread isn't burned into your brain mm -hmm. like yeah i yeah i'll be walking around rambo have you seen reservation dogs yet oh fuck yeah we're currently watching the uh the second season oh well i know what i'm doing after the podcast i forgot yeah second season um they just released the third episode but i haven't watched the third episode yet i'm about i'm probably gonna watch it later because yeah. I think they, there's a little glitch happening with the Hulu episode, the third one. Apparently, it cut out scenes it wasn't supposed to, so I think uh, they're oh, supposed to fix it. Yeah. That's not good. It's, yeah, that... it's one of those, like, great but also unfortunate things. With It, it, it tantamount to, like, a Tyler Perry movie, where you're mm -hmm. like, oh, there are so many actors in this. Oh, it's because th they were hiring. Oh. And, like, just keep like <laughs> this is the place where everybody that everybody is in like um at least one actor from uh, uh restoration dogs shows up in um resident alien and it's it's always interesting to see like who crosses over where mm -hmm. um because it, it's it's a similar thing that happens with uh Ruther rutherford falls where you get like the same actors will pop up in different places it's like yeah because these are the jobs that are available 
And so we're going where the work is. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully, unlike a Tyler Perry movie, these are all of a high quality and like really yeah. funny and engaging and 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 um, just well written and well acted because um, yeah. it can definitely go the opposite direction. So also a little tidbit about Reservation on season two, um, they are actually um, throwing out a casting call when they're making it. And I actually signed up for it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I nice. did, but I didn't get a call back because I didn't live in Oklahoma. <laughs> Makes sense. They got to fly yeah. you out and shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah so sense. I was it like, oh. Yeah. But I did anyway, just because. Yeah, just fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Where's um, she say no? And then, all yeah, right. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I want to tie this in with, with previous conversations that we've had because Rambo mentioned his fear of old ladies. Um, I mentioned my freakish fear of, of clowns. Um, Jordan, as a horror aficionado, what like deep seated fear? What scares the shit out of you? Like the in woods. The woods. The woods. Uh, yeah. I, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> and I'll tell you why the woods. I even though because like, all right, because like I said when I mentioned that I used to go visit my grandma in Oklahoma during the summers, so she lived in the woods. Like there, like to get to her house was a gravel road. Like the entire area was gravel road. There was no paved roads there, and so she lived on her land where there was her house on the top, and then there was my uncle's house right down towards the bottom. It was like a little triangle, and then there was my other uncle's house on the other side. So you could just walk to them easily, but it was surrounded by woods. Like everywhere you look is just woods, and so I remember one morning. Um, it was me and my cousin. We were outside playing in the dirt like we always did. And then we would hear, we all of a sudden we heard stuff in the woods. Like there was like crackling sound. And so we thought, oh, it's just a deer. It's just a deer or whatever. But then we started hearing like these moaning sounds. And then they were starting to come closer. And we're just like, um. And so we thought, because when we were younger, there was a, there was an urban legend around the area called... Um, we call them Honka, which is basically like a, um, like a, he's like a boogeyman. And so my dad would always scared me with like, oh, Honka's going to come get you. And so in order for me to act right. And also we also had the deer woman, which is what the deer woman was also in Reservation Dogs. It was, like, was Tannis from, uh, from Letterkenny was the deer yeah. woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I've heard stories about the deer woman as well. And so we thought like, oh, it must be, it must be Honka that we we're hearing because we were young. And so I just remember we heard it again and we were both just bolted to the door and so we're just banging on the door just for my grandma to let us in and so i remember that so that scared me a lot and then i remember one night um my grandma's house was very small so i had to sleep and i was very young so i had to sleep with my parents so i was sleeping in the middle between them and so the back room where they were, we were sleeping there's a window and I could look right out the window. So one morning, well, not one morning, it was one night, um, I woke up and I was, I couldn't go back to sleep. So I was just sitting there just looking out the window and I could look down and I could see my cousin's um, house and the lights were all off and everything. And so she has like a, she has like a, a lamppost outside the window. So I could see a little bit of the light right there. And then all of a sudden I saw these red eyes just in the in the woods and so i'm just like mm, i don't know what that is i thought maybe it might have been a car like going by but so i looked away and then i looked back out and it was gone and i'm like okay it's whatever it's just my imagination and then again it popped up again but it was closer 
And so I was just like, um, I no. <laughs> I was just sitting, I was like, um, uh-huh. and then I saw it get a little bit closer, and that's when I started screaming to my parents. I was like, there's something outside. It's Honka. There's Honka outside. And so they got up and they looked around and they went outside. My uncle at the time, uh, he got his shotgun and he looked out there and then he didn't see anything. So they told me to come back inside and then they blessed the area. My uncle blessed the area too ward off any spirits that might be there so so yeah deep woods is is creepy to me (laughs) wow so probably have never gotten through the blair witch project then i actually have watched the blair witch project and all that stuff and like it's funny how i can watch all those movies especially jason is my favorite horror character but he's out in the fucking woods so I'm always like, I'm scared to go camping because I want to go camping, but then I'm like, well, you know, I know Jason's not real, but there might be someone out there like Jason. He yeah. might be out there. So, so yeah, the deep woods has always been frightening to me because um, we have some sayings in, in my culture, and I'm pretty sure it kind of, that can translate to other different cultures as well. Like my dad used to say like, oh, don't whistle at night because somebody's going to whistle back at you or they'll say Ooh, hang on that's just give me goosebumps oh god okay <laughs> yeah and then he'll say like uh don't look outside the window at night because something's always looking back at you and there's, there's like appalachian legends about that kind of shit too yeah right? mm-hmm. like yep. you know if, if you hear something call your name do not respond yeah yep. um mm-hmm. yeah and walker fucking, yep. the woods like the, yeah we know so little about this planet there's so little <laughs> that we know. Like the human sphere of knowledge is pretty big, but when you compare it to like what we should know, it yeah. is so infinitesimally small. Infinitesimally small. Yes. Like the ocean. The Yo, fucking ocean. Yeah. Ocean. Yeah. No, God. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, the ocean yeah. is another place that scares me too. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't swim, so I'm like, no. Yeah. That. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a tra- that's a childhood trauma for me though, because like being forced to uh, take swim lessons all the time, mm-hmm. and like not realizing until I was an adult that like, oh wow, I have a phobia of drowning. That's cool. Like, and because I'm like with my son, we're at the pool. I'm trying to teach him how to swim, and I was like, here, it's actually easier if you go under the water to swim because you can get further. And I do it. And I hold my breath and I get down there, and then all of a sudden, my brain at, at the same time as the tightness in my chest are like, hey, you know, it'd be cool if while you're under eight feet of water, let's give you a panic attack. And like, I come up out of the water and I look at my son. I was like, hey, I'm gonna go sit in the chair for a little bit. And like, it's yeah, it's it, whew, yeah water yeah no. the the woods thing doesn't i don't want to say it doesn't scare me mm-hmm. but my dad was a hunter and like i spent a lot of time in the woods as a kid so like it doesn't scare me per se but like at the same time it's a lot easier to not be afraid of the woods when you have a shotgun so certainly that just yeah. putting that out there like <laughs> Yeah, uh, but well, yeah, also, I've heard the, I've heard the I've heard their whole whistling thing too. You don't whistle at night. Yeah, I've yeah, heard you don't before. whistle at night and yeah. all that. And then my dad would tell me like stories of like evil medicine men that he would talk about that would change themselves into dogs, and yeah, <laughs> basically the whole skin. It's like a skinwalker, basically. Yeah. No good. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Nothing no. good came from this. No. <laughs> So I think this is a good transition because um, I want to talk about what is, I mean, like taking the internet by storm, dude. Like I am seeing, I have not seen a single bad review of this movie at all. Um, 
in fact, it's been recommended me to me by like seven different people. I finally watched it this week. The newest in the Predator franchise, Prey. Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> like, I, I saw your reaction to this, Jordan, and I asked Rambo, I was like, do you think she would be cool to talk about this movie with us? Because like, one of the things that I love and one of the reasons why I created this website in the first place and like then subsequently the, all the podcast is mm-hmm. I love nothing more than seeing geeky nerdy people get excited about shit and then talk about it with each other because there's nothing cooler than me like bro did you see this holy shit yes I did and then everybody getting <laughs> excited about it like this was such an enjoyable movie and like it was so well done and like I'm just what we do here Jordan just to kind of uh, catch up as well, like uh, normally I start and I just give kind of like my quick hitters and then we just kind of go round table when we talk about all the things that we liked about the movie and then the things that we, you know, things we had issues with. Mm-hmm. Um, little things. I liked that the weapons that the Predator was using were primitive versions of the ones that we saw in the original. Like it was yes. like, oh, uh, okay, I can see the progression of where the one that fought uh, Arnold in the, um, in Col- was it Columbia? Um uh, or in South America, uh, I think is what it was. Yeah, it's in South America. I can't yeah. remember exactly where. Yeah. Um, like, well, it, it's supposed to be like Nicaragua. It's like, it's like the Contras, basically. Yeah, there you go. So, like, this is like the jungles of Nicaragua. This is like the same Predator, it, well, except for, like, you know, all of his weapons are not as advanced. Um, so, like, little things like that. But also that this was a, instead of just a, let's have... Arnold Schwarzenegger against an alien essentially was the premise of the movie. Let's add more depth to that. Let's add more emotional like resonance. Let's add more stakes essentially, because for him, it was like, I just got to kill this thing. It killed all my friends for our main hero in prey. It wasn't just about that. It was about that one, but it was also about like this. I'm trying to break a generational expectation of me, a a societal Mm -hmm. expectation of me, like there was so much more to it. And it was woven into the story so simply. And that made it good. Was like, it wasn't overly done. There weren't a lot of speeches. There wasn't a lot of like extra stuff to the story. It was very like streamlined. It was very like linear, but that's what made it good was because they didn't try to overcomplicate what was a more or less like a simple concept but execution was the most important part. And they executed, as far as I'm concerned, flawlessly. I thought this movie was done almost perfectly. I can't, but I'm also like normally the one that wears rose colored glasses when we talk about this stuff. I'm normally <laughs> like, no, there's nothing wrong. And then like Rambo's like, yeah, but then there was these 17 things and I'm like, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> well, no, that's how I feel about the film. Like, I think it was done extremely well. You know, I know one of the big reasons um, uh, that it did very well is because it was done to uh, what's the word <laughs> uh, well, well it actually had a um, well, she's not the producer I think she's the director I believe um, she who helped make the movie is also she's Blackfoot and Comanche so she used her own background to help make the film be very um, respectful to her culture so I think that is authentic. Yeah, very authentic. And so I know that was one of the big things that a lot of indigenous fans of the film, when it was re- when it was announced, they're like, oh, we're kind of skeptical of it because we haven't been uh, portrayed very well in Hollywood at all from very much. 
over these past several years. So we are very skeptical of it, but I actually have a cosplay friend who actually knows her. And so she talked to her about it and she let us know like, hey, I know her personally because I think she worked with her on a different um, project. And she's like, I trust that she will um, have proper recommendation of us in this film. And so I was like, okay, well, I trust you. So I will, I will hold judgment for it. And I love the film. Like there's, I think only the only thing that uh, I had a gripe with the film was not with the people or with the story or anything like that. It was just with the CGI. Like okay. the animal, because when I saw the bear, I was like, I know it's not a real bear, but it's kind of <laughs> sticking out to me. <laughs> but yeah. sticking out like God dang. But other than that, I I really loved it. Um, there was one scene, a scene that did one like make me cry. I'm not gonna talk about the other scene that made me cry, but the one scene that really did make me cry was like um, how when Naru, which is the the woman the lead woman she was getting up in the morning you know how in the beginning it shows like all the women going to do their chores they're going to go pick the berries and do all that stuff and that's what she's expected to do but obviously she doesn't want to do that she knows something else out there is going to harm her tribe and she wants to prove to them that she can be a warrior because that's what she really wants to do she doesn't want to do the norm and so i the vision of her just getting up and making that choice like I instead of instead of me going off with them what I'm supposed to do I'm going to go and try to hunt this thing and so the visual of her walking towards the woods while all the other tribal women are going toward are the, going the other way while she's going the opposite way I thought that was very very profound and beautiful and so that made me tear up so I was like yes you go girl you go do the <laughs> thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Rambo, kind of give us your quick hitters on this, man. What'd you think of uh, of Prey? I haven't been as invested in a Predator movie since the first one. It um the whole time I was I was like me and Katie are watching, and I'm just like, holy shit. Shit. And then that thing just happened, and oh man, and then like oh, and then the French are there because they're also like predators. Oh fuck! (laughs) It was just I felt very much like it. It tapped into um, that sort of like juvenile, but not in like a a, um, a, not pedantic way, um, pejorative way. It felt I felt very much like a kid watching Predator for the first time, watching this. Um, there's something very visceral that Dan Trachtenberg and everybody else who made that fucking movie, because there's so many people who worked on it. Um, it's so clear that there is a love for this franchise and for um, this particular uh, uh, like sci-fi horror villain. Um, and the dedication to like, to to making something that feels lived in and feels uh i mean like you know the jordan mentioned before authentic uh that feels real um uh even even beyond like whether or not it is real like obviously you know talking you know yatra did not come down and hunt people in the (laughs) 1700s um but uh Varus Militude is the word 
Uh, it is the 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 nature of something feeling real beyond reality, um, and it feels very much like um, like just there's there's a lot of love being made for this. This could easily have been a um, I fucking hate the term cash grab, but like oh yeah, here's just one more entry in the uh, in the franchise. If I can have at it, um, but um, my buddy Kai made a great point on Facebook, I, I think I was in the, in the GGR group, hey guy, um, <laughs> about the fact that the movie works if you remove the Predator entirely. If you take them out and you only cut the movie so that it was Naru like going and fighting uh, the mountain lion and like dealing with the French, um, like all of that still works. It is a really well done coming of age you know, asserting my place in society story. Um, it just so happens that there's a giant alien monster in it um, that ends up being, you know, like the the, the primary antagonist. Um, I, the only time I really had a problem with CG was the deer. There's a, there's a deer fairly, it's, it's the first CG thing we really see. <laughs> Uh, and it was so brightly lit that I was like, oh, that doesn't look great. That is, <laughs> that is very clearly a not, a, a not real deer. Um, I, I didn't mind the bear so much because it mostly was like, it's, it's in so many of the shots. Like, like it's, it's never going to look great. I thought the mountain lion looked really good, but it's also very, uh, heavily, um, uh, lit, um, or underlit rather. So like they had the lighting to play with and things like that. It's 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 one of the reasons the deer looks so bad is because it is just in broad just daylight, yeah. very bright. Like there's not a lot of. Um, it looks like flat, and, and I mean it's 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 a thing of like even a photo of a deer in that lighting isn't gonna look great. Uh, it'll just look more real. Um, mm. My one big gripe with the movie though is the look of the predator's face. I really don't dig the way the Predator's face looks, which is funny because I thought that helmet is one of the best designs from the franchise, See, period. I didn't even think it was a helmet at first. Oh, you like, thought it was just their face? I, no, yeah, this is what I thought it was. I thought it was bone. And I was like, he took a like a skull and put it on there as a helmet. I was oh, like, that's, no, that, that's totally what it is. They just adapted it. He took a skull a and then added like his cool little like laser thing is little like yeah whatever yeah. that thing is the, the, Fuck yeah. the, that thing was dope as shit too yeah it like fantastic yeah like I I didn't put two and two together because the the first in the first movie again it's like this full helmet thing and then there's like this reveal once he takes it off it's like all the shit comes out of his face <laughs> like but this one you could see like the mandible things going on yeah. underneath of it the whole time I was like oh he's just like wearing a hat basically like he's a hipster like he's got like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking snapback. Exactly. <laughs> My lady. He stole this um, Yeah. It's <laughs> no, I thought it was yeah, I thought it was really, really cool. Um the the face I it was different, but like it's one of those things like I I one of the things that I love about having visual artists on to talk about this stuff is like a lot of times I miss these things and don't really catch them. Um 
I didn't really notice the thing about the deer, but now I'm going to go back and watch it. Because for me, when I saw the bear, I was like, well, that's obviously a CG bear. Like I knew I could tell it was a CG bear. But there was at one point when she's like climbing up that hill and it's like right after her. And I was like, man, they did a really good job of making this thing look fucking filthy. Like this bear looks dirty. And I was like, that makes it even scarier because this bear's probably been through some shit. And like... (laughs) Because, yeah, like it was it looked really, really scary and like did a really, really good job of it. But then when you have the bear fighting the half um, cloaked predator, like and then he's like uncloaking at parts. I was like, there's a lot of CG going on here and you can tell. But I still thought it was dope as shit. I was like, that's cool that it bit him and you see his leg like uncloak for a second and then it comes back. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was so I, I get so excited about this stuff that like I kind of let stuff slide. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And like it, it by no means did anything that I like, like like the face reveal. It didn't yeah. ruin the movie for me. It was but it was one of those like, OK, what's it going to look like that? Like they're not showing it. They're not showing it. They're not showing it. And for a while, I thought, oh, they're just not going to show it at all, um, which I kind of would have preferred. But th- this is getting in the weeds on that. Um, <laughs> it was really more about, like, there's, like, a 12-minute video that this guy made about uh, the mandibles on the Yaucha in these movies. And, 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 yes, I am that level of nerd that I know the name of their <laughs> fucking race. Um, <laughs> where in the first movie the mandibles are they are indisputably a part of that creature's face uh that is part of their their physiology and the thing that has happened over time is as the designs have changed they've gotten further and further away from that integration and now it feels like particularly with this one it feels more like they are appendages on a face not that they are integrated into the creature itself um, which I thought worked really well when the helmet was on because the way it moved and, and the way they reacted, I thought, I thought that was really great looking. But when it's off, it very much it very much looks like like fingers on a face. And that bugged me. Um, but again, like how much am I going to bitch about a movie I thoroughly enjoyed uh, with the design overall that I really loved? I like yeah. that it's, you know, it's kind of slim. Like apparently that was the thing a lot of people had, or were upset about was predators are usually so big and beefy that this one is well, like a lot more streamlined. The head is smaller. Um, there's so there's there's less. Uh, this thing was still it. like six foot eight. It's like, still a fucking giant monster. And like <laughs> and like on the flip side, let me say this: this is how I know an action scene was dope as fuck when I have to stop it and rewind it and watch it again to be like, whoa, did they just do what I think they just did? Holy shit, they did. The action choreography in this movie is fucking it was so incredible. Good. When, it was so good. And I understand your point of the mandible thing, and I agree, Rambo, but I just want to point this out. If those mandibles aren't the way that they are, she can't rip one of them off and stab them in the fucking face with it. Because <laughs> that was cool as shit. That was one of those scenes I rewinded like four times. I was like, yeah. oh, she ripped off his face and then stabbed him with it. <laughs> Damn! Like, yeah. That My- was brutal but awesome yeah one of my favorite moments is fuck i'm blanking on her brother's name todd today topic today um so and 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 it's just good fucking storytelling too so over the course of the movie the predator is like fighting fighting these animals and they're and the animals are scaling up so they're getting more and more dangerous and is it a wolf or a coyote that it fights 
I uh, think it's a wolf, but I it's think so it's a, small. Is it, I'm pretty sure it's a wolf. Um, I think so too, yeah. We will say wolf for now. We'll it's really said that's what it is. We've decided what it is. Um, <laughs> so it, it fights a wolf, kills the wolf, takes the trophy. Tabay uses that skull later on to attack the predator. Mm-hmm. That is fucking great. That it, one, it, I mean, like, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting just to see, like, how adaptive he as a warrior is. But also, it's a, like, you know, it, it speaks to, like, the nature of you put yourself in this situation. Like, if you hadn't brought this weapon, I wouldn't have it. <laughs> um, it is a nice little, like, um, nod to, like, it's not just... He didn't use a knife. He didn't use like, you know, one of the predator's uh, uh, weapons that it brought with him. He used the skull of a creature from Earth to attack this alien. Yeah. And there's, and there's, so there's all these like little things and like, for me seemingly like from the outside of, of a culture, like what I would imagine are like cultural, culturally significant things like um, the, you know, uh, again, adaptation, using what you have in front of you, um, and using every part you possibly can. Like, there's no waste. Um, and and the efficiency of that uh, was really fucking cool. I just, yeah. I just love that, like, even in death, this wolf still, like, bites this guy. Um, <laughs> was fucking awesome. I yeah. love that moment. Yeah. they There were some, some nods in this movie that, like were heartbreaking and it works out for the story and it works out for our heroine naru but like when she gets caught in the foot trap after escaping and he just looks down at her he's just like just blows her off and walks away you're not a threat i'm like oh fuck that is messed up like you're not even worth killing i'm like god damn dude like that was brutal again it works out for naru but like man like, I don't even have to fuck with you because you're worthless. I was like, God damn, that is brutal. Like, the the symbolism in this movie, like, Rambo, we've talked about this before. Sometimes, like, for us, like, symbolism will just go right over our heads. And then other times it hits us, like, right in the fucking forehead and we get it. Yeah. Like, the, the reference you've made a couple times on this podcast is the wolf scene from the first season of Fargo. Yeah. This is one of those movies. If you're not paying attention, you might miss it. Or, like, you may not have caught that. But, like that moment talking about the way women are treated just across all societies was like that was obvious to me man and especially for naru's journey where she wants to be more than just a gatherer essentially like she wants to show that like these roles that we have these gender roles these societal roles they don't fucking matter she can be a hunter in fact she can be a war chief because that's what she wants to do and like if you if you think about like the whole scene with the mountain lion, when she falls and she hits her head, she literally could have just taken that and just been like, well, I tried. What the fuck are you going to do? She was like, mm-hmm. oh no, fuck this. Like, I am still going to do this. I'm going to prove to people that I can do this. But like also the danger inherent in this thing, just walking around the goddamn like area that her people live was just like, she understood the seriousness of the threat when nobody else did. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I also liked about her brother and his portrayal is that, you know, a lot of times in these movies, especially when you're talking about the women and they're trying to tell you like, hey, there's something wrong here. And even though 
and she's trying to prove herself like her her skills and abilities and all the other men in the tribe are like oh no tell her to go back tell her to go back but her brother believes her like she's like no she can do this so he so him just believing in her skills and trusting her i really like that and because a lot of times they don't show that especially with um family members so yeah that was nice they, they, sorry good no go ahead sorry i was done well just they they could have very easily had it been um particularly as not just her brother but as her brother who is also the most effective and most successful warrior mm -hmm. in the tribe like it would have been very easy to have him be dismissive of her yeah um and the fact that no that you're absolutely right the fact that they they have be like no he supports her he's he's one of the few people who who really listens to her um i mean like you know he's not entirely all the time I but know, again, you know you need to have conflict like there there's yes. that's an important part of the storytelling yeah um and and even to the point of like him admitting uh uh some deception on his own part like the fact that you know he brings back the mountain lion he doesn't tell anybody that it's it's naru that like like landed the killing blow and basically made or or like basically made it so that he could do what he did mm -hmm. um he only admits that after the fact um, like, yeah your plan was was the best was, way to do it yeah 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 like you, your plan you, was the only way i could kill the thing you see things that i you, you've always been able to spot things that i miss mm -hmm. um which is another great like overall nod to like you know about the fucking predator like the fact they can turn invisible but if you are paying attention if you do look closely you can see it and she is someone who does that she's observant in a way that uh that other people aren't um yeah no uh yeah to be like just the efficiency and the effectiveness of these characters in terms of like their development um you know we learn so much about that we so we learned so much about them through osmosis and through these very subtle nods and and interactions um that builds them up but the the interactions themselves are so simple and they're 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 there's no there's very little fat in the script in terms of um just excess dialogue or um information we just don't need um I oh god I love that there are no subtitles for the French yeah yeah that, yeah, that was they great. are the like weird foreigners that don't belong um in the same way that like there's no subtitles for the predator like mm -hmm. we don't need to know what it says it's all we need to know is that it's here and it's dangerous oh um, shit I didn't even put two and two together with that that yeah, makes so much dude. fucking sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I I didn't it didn't occur. It, I, I, it did not click to me the significance of what Naru finds when she finds the bison, when she finds the buffalo, and she picks up that thing. It, I didn't realize what it was until the predator finds it too. And I was like, "Oh, oh, that's a cigar. Oh shit, that's." And I, I put all that together. And I was like, "Oh, that's fucking great!" Like. Yeah. We're doing like actual social commentary in a fucking predator movie that didn't have to be there, but it is. Yeah. Um, uh, and second, oh no, the the buffalo scene really broke my heart. I imagine so, and and and, and it because like it should. Yeah, because like you said earlier, you know, like um, and culturally, 
uh, indigenous tribes, we tend to use everything of the animal. And so yeah. when that scene happened and you just see all the skin buffalo just used for the skin and all this other, they just left everything else and not just waste. So that was that was very heartbreaking to see. What's, what's crazy about that too is in that moment, I remember that that scene and how I felt immediately because I thought to myself, wow, that's a lot of dead buffalo. Predator didn't do this because the predator would have actually like mm -hmm. used more of this. These are white people. And like, that was yeah. immediately <laughs> what kicked into my brain. I'm like, yep, that's what they did. They just took the hides and left them there because they're pieces of shit. Yeah, like, and then, yeah, I never put two and two together. I mean, I knew they were the villains, but like there was a there was a nod there where I started thinking this. I was like, you're actually finding out who's who's the real monster, the predator? Or the French, and it's yeah. like, nope, the French. Like, and and there's a certain amount of like sick joy that I got in watching those French Frenchmen get fucked up. But like, <laughs> at one point, I love when they all use their fucking flintlock pistols and their fucking muskets, and they that shoot, and the predator just so yeah. <laughs> and he just stares at them, and they're just like, fuck, reload. Like, it, it was yeah, so it was goddamn so good. funny. I also liked it. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize this until Mike said something as how in the movie, you know, how he was saying that the predator was fighting um, animals that were um, stronger than the last one, right? And so when we're talking about the brother, I remember this other scene that made me cry was when is his his death yeah. when he was Ooh, yeah that was rough when he was telling Naru no he thinks I'm the I'm the um what is it I'm the uh, I'm the threat yeah I'm the threat. So obviously the predator kills the threat. So who's the next person that he fights, which was Naru, and she ends up being the one that kills him. Yeah. So I not only killed him, her. she fucked him up. Yeah. Let's be, let's be real yeah. here. <laughs> like she she had a Schwarzenegger level plan for this motherfucker. Like I was so impressed with what she set up, and like you can't not compare them. You cannot come. You can't not yeah. compare this to the original Predator. Her plan was better. <laughs> her plan was better than Arnold's because Arnold's was just like, yeah, bring him here, I'll fuck him up. And like hers was like, no, no, I'm going to trap him and then I'm going to kill him with his own shit. Yeah. And I was that, and like the way she took that helmet from him, she was just like, bop, that's mine now, thank you. And like mm -hmm. she knew exactly what she was doing. And that's fucking like next level shit. Like she is the better hunter. She's the better trapper. She had a plan. And like that was, that was amazing. But like, just the whole scene, like all of it came together. She used every part and, oh, wow, fuck. There's another level of this. She used every part of her escape of her journey to defeat him. She used every lesson she learned mm -hmm. along the way in order to beat him, which as we were just discussing, like part of like the culture is you don't waste anything. And she didn't waste any of the lessons that, fuck, this movie every, just keeps, I just keep adding more layers to it, man. This fucking movie is so good. Every experience is an opportunity to learn something. Yes. And what can you use to do with that knowledge? Yeah. Um, but trap and, his yeah, asshole in a bog and I'm going to blow him apart with his own shit. Yeah. The, yeah. And yeah. again, like foreshadowing, like it's just, it's just a thing she runs into and it's just one more stumbling block for her initially. But it's just like, she is smart enough. She goes, okay, file that away for now. I know where this is yeah. just in case. And there's... Uh, in case of anything, like just like, yeah. and initially it's for my own safety. And then it becomes, okay, well, how can I turn this obstacle into an opportunity? And then in doing so, like, just, oh God, 
Oh yeah, and oh, like there's even a there's even a moment where I'm not mad. Yeah, I'm mad at her. I was mad at her when Tabe dies, and I'm like, why are you not still fighting this thing? You run off. I was mad at her at first. I'm like, you need to fight. But if she had fought him, she would have gotten killed. She would have died. No, but she she ran, but she didn't actually run. She ran because she had a fucking plan. And like, honestly, there's a certain amount of like deviousness there too. She's like, I'm gonna take this guy out and I'm gonna fuck with that French guy too. I'm gonna cut <laughs> off his leg. Because so fuck the French. Like she was like, yeah, she was all, oh man, that was, and, and well, then she again, left. Yeah. What what did she just learn? Yeah. Tabe share, shares the fact that like, and or acknowledges the fact that like this creature goes after what's the what's whatever is the biggest danger. Yeah. What is the bigger challenge? And she's yeah. like, okay, then I'll give it a challenge. That it won't <sighs> actually think that like it will think that's what this is, but it's yeah. not. Like, so she she's not just she she is pulling this this trick on both of them at the same time. Yeah. She is fighting the two unnatural dangers in her environment. At this, yep. and using the same uh, the same tools and the same methods to do it. When she put the pistol there and then it wasn't loaded, <laughs> that was so fucking great. She was just like, here you go. Oh, hmm, that sucks. Whoops. Sucks for you. <laughs> I um, I want to give a special shout out because we talked about the uh, in the cold open, which if you don't get to hear the cold opens and you're like, what are they talking about? You should subscribe to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash greatgeekrefuge. You can subscribe and you can hear all of the wonderful things that we talk about that are patron exclusive. We talked about this a little bit in the Patreon. Things that make us cry. Man, seeing a badass animal that is like their ride or die, like seeing an animal a dog, a cat, whatever it is, like die in a movie fucking breaks my heart every time. Shout out to, is it Saki? Fucking the Sorry. dog. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I knew there was I, I, I could see the S A blank. <laughs> I, I, okay. Sorry. Shout out to Sorry because that dog made it all the way through the movie and didn't die. But that was a, you want again, a ride or die dog. That dog was like, I don't give a fuck. Predator, bear, bring them on. I don't give a shit. Let's do this. But that <laughs> dog was so dope and so adorable. And not only that, was a shelter dog. Yes, Coco. Her originally was Coco. So they originally got her from the shelter. Yeah. And she's never acted before. Apparently she was a. Uh, <laughs> it was hard to train her but they loved her she was a mess on the set but they <laughs> got through it and the funny thing is about sorry and coco or the same person is that there's a joke <laughs> among indigenous people saying like oh that's definitely a res dog because you can't kill a res dog they just go <laughs> oh, through <man>. everything <laughs> that's awesome so that was it was pretty good so Co so Coco would be would be a res dog. You can't kill a res yeah, dog. Yeah, you can't kill a res dog. They're nice. they're dirt tough as nails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I you know, speaks to the title of the show. Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> that show's called that. Fuck, <laughs> like all of these things. <laughs> yeah, just like it works on so many levels. <laughs> so there's, I, uh, go ahead, man. Uh, no, I was just gonna say that like I I loved the interaction that they were able to portray. Again, animals are one of my weaknesses. Like my TikTok is like full of that. And like, you know, that and angry political stuff. Um, but like, <laughs> like watching adorable animals, just the interaction between Naru and Sari, like, 
and when they're sitting there and she what, what, were, what was she oh the rabbits she was eating the rabbits that she had killed right and she's giving the dog some and she's like you didn't even do any damn work you lazy asshole and he's just like eh. they like just their interaction together between like two like like dog and person like you could tell that they loved each other and how they were able to do that with a stubborn ass dog that didn't want to listen like <laughs> it's a damn good acting dog so yeah. Like, I, I love that they were able to put in little things like that. Nothing in this movie I felt was too much. They didn't overdo anything. It was it was simple. And it was, again, I, so many people think that like good means complex. Like think about it with cooking. Like how many times have you gone somewhere? Like I always think of Guy Fieri. No, I, I fucking love Guy Fieri. Let me just make that clear. But like so many of the recipes or like the places he goes to on diners, drive-ins and dives, they're like, it's this sandwich and it's got bacon and arugula and this special spicy mustard sauce and it's deep fried and covered in pancakes. And it's just like, you, you would have been fine with just this one thing done right. But like you add all this extra stuff to kind of cover that. And I feel like a lot of movies do that. This movie didn't do that. This movie was like kind of bared itself and was like, this is our story. It's, we're so proud of this and we think it's so good that we don't need to add a bunch of extra shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's one thing in the film that I thought was really nice. Um, I really like the cinematography of the film. And really I remember, I remember, I was I was on YouTube and I was re reading some things, and apparently there's a scene. Uh, it's a scene where Naru is. It's film. It's the shot is where she's leaving her her um her teepee, and so you see like the backdrop of the outside and the teepee, and she's like getting ready to leave the teepee, right? And apparently that shot was a direct reference from the opening shot of a movie called The Searchers which was an old cowboy movie yeah. that had John Wayne in it, yeah. which had, so that part was to, and was supposed to be like a middle finger to that movie because that, had, <laughs> because that movie was like the, one of the worst depictions of Comanche in a film. So that's awesome. They wanted, Cause, cause, so Dan Trachtenberg wanted to put that in there. That's awesome. as like, fuck you, John Wayne. Great. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the way that he treated native Americans just not not just in movies and the way they were depicted, but also like in real life. Like oh yeah, like uh, my Satchi and Little Feather. Yes, that, such that a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. He really he really was like, <laughs> oh man, just gross. Like, and it made me. One of the things that I liked about this, so um, I have a guilty pleasure of one of my favorite movies of all time is Dances with Wolves, and like. As a kid, I remember watching it and being moved by it because I was like, wow, we really did treat the Native Americans like dog shit and being moved by this movie. But then as I got older and I started doing research and like wikipedia movies and stuff like that, realizing how fucking problematic this movie was, but then also realizing like how messy it was. Like apparently the language that they used in it was like the female version of the Lakota language. They didn't even do enough research to actually bring somebody in that spoke the language. So you have like both men and women speaking the same language, which there's supposed to be two different variants of it. And like basically like natives watching this and just being like, this is bullshit. Like this isn't even <laughs> right. And it always, I wouldn't say it made me feel guilty, but like it made me more aware of like, okay, so they tried. They tried to show respect to this thing, but they fucked it up. I feel like, like you mentioned, the people who were the producers actually had a stake in this, actually had like legitimacy, brought people in that are native that know these things. Like for instance, our star, um, and I'm blanking on her name, uh, Amber, Amber Midthunder. Amber Midthunder. Yeah. yeah, like she has connections to 
the community. This isn't just like a bunch of people being like, we're going to do this movie about this thing and then not asking if it's right. Like, I feel like they, they did everything that they were supposed to to make this authentic, but also make this respectful. It wasn't like... I also I can't remember what the term for it is. It the white savior complex? Is that what they call it? Like it's the same yeah. thing with Danny Rand uh, as uh, Iron Fist, like having yeah. the white savior basically. Like that wasn't the issue. They didn't do that. Like thankfully in this, and like I, I thought that that was really respectful, um, but also it made for a better movie. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There, I I I would be remiss if I did not share one particular thing that is unfortunate about this movie and the production of it. Which is that one of the consultants, uh, a guy named Kevin Starblanket, who is a Calgary cop uh, and was uh, the like um, combat specialist that was hired for the movie to, to give recommendations. Apparently, Starblanket is a piece of shit and like is currently being sued and suing someone over the death of a protest in Calgary oh, uh, he apparently also yeah. like flat out made up a bunch of shit like the kind of like inverted uh, uh, hand like the the, the the turned hand for the um, archery just the thing he made up he thought it looked cool uh, and was insistent that it was like authentic um, it is not the the level of egregious as uh, like Chakotay on Voyager um, but uh, it's definitely some we, I, I think production made, uh, I think it was all like hearts in the right place in terms of like, we will hire another native consultant and they will be someone who will give us a lot of information. Unfortunately, I think in this case, they backed the wrong horse. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, they <laughs> went with Jeez. the wrong guy. Um, <laughs> to follow up on that though, uh, two things. One, uh, apparently, Amber Midthunder's dad, David Midthunder, was the visual model for Nightwolf in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I saw that. Um, <laughs> and and, uh, and like you know, so full circle. Uh, he he's the model for Nightwolf. Nightwolf for uh, uh, in Mortal Kombat. Predator is a playable character in one of the one of the versions of Mortal Kombat, and then his daughter ends up playing this character. Um, but also. A really cool thing that I did not that it did not occur to me in the moment, and just adds again a whole other layer to this fucking movie. Um, Jordan, you mentioned earlier like the danger of you don't like you don't whistle at night um, or whistle in the woods. How does she get the attention of the predator to attack the Frenchman? She whistles to him. <laughs> she literally calls a spirit over yeah and, like with, with specifically with the intention of killing it like yeah. it's i know what i'm doing i know that this is dangerous i'm purposely putting myself in the danger in order to fight this thing um and it's like mockingly the whole time but i'm not a threat mm. yeah exactly <laughs> um, and and uh the um uh god damn it her name is it's the producer that you mentioned earlier jordan um, oh, uh, something I Myers. Jane Myers. Jane Myers, yes. Yep. Um, Jane Myers said that they did that fully intentionally. They made a nice. point to have that be how she get like I'm, I'm, there's an article on on inverse.com, which is actually really interesting. Um uh yeah, for most audiences it's a cool if also strange cue, but for Myers, it's a cultural Easter egg uh that has made native audiences freak out in a good way. 
quote, I wanted to have uh, to leave some native things that would appeal to native people and not appeal to just everyone, Myers tells in verse. She explains that in Comanche, tra tra uh, Comanche tradition, whistling at night is forbidden. Quote, we don't whistle at night because you're told that calls spirits, she says. But in the scene, the predator becomes such a spirit, at least symbolically. She's like, I don't even care. She's got that French trapper is bait telling him, I'm going to kill you. Myers explains she's just seen her brother kill, so she's just going for, going for everything. She whistles at night. Native people are like, whoa, because that means he's calling her. <laughs> and lo and behold, he comes. And yeah, it, it, it also adds this whole sort of like, mythical cultural feeling to the entirety of the story because you do have that sort of like legendary status of this creature um for us as viewers um and it puts it puts the predator in a um a cultural uh, uh, context that you don't get otherwise yeah they're yeah, fucking shit there's so many yeah. it's almost like when you get the people who know what they're talking about to consult on things good things happen yes who'd have yeah. thunk it wow <laughs> weird huh um i want to i want to ask because it, there were a lot of mentions and a lot of ties to the original and like i'm looking for yeah wait where is that guy's name um oh sunny landum um oh sorry real quick yeah. What's the name of the dog? Sorry. Sorry. It's not Sunny? Sorry. S -A oh, done full of shit. Never mind. <laughs> oh, do you think they named the dog Sunny? I like, I in... thought that was, the, that was the case. No. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carry on. Because I, I haven't seen the original Predator in a very long time, but doesn't Same he in the movie it. make a reference to this is an old story that I've known? Like some a, a, a monster like this. Well, there's there's definitely well, so the um, the Latina chick I can't remember her name in the in the movie, but she tells a story about her grandmother talking about like you know you know devils coming at you know when it gets really hot um, that like you know monsters appear and, and shit. Um, I don't know like Sunny is definitely off put, and there's definitely some like not great <laughs> like and like of the way he's like you know i am feeling especially uncomfortable but in a particularly like native way <laughs> that you white men won't understand um it has like if it had subtitles it would be like stairs in native american yeah, uh, yeah like it's yeah like, <laughs> like yeah yeah um but I don't, I honestly can't remember if, if he has any lines like that. I gotta watch it again. I, oh, shout out to Jesse the Body Ventura because Jesse the Body Ventura said um, on Twitter in response to this movie, he goes, um, he goes, Naru, um, and then parentheses, Amber Mid Thunder didn't have time to bleed. Hell yeah. <laughs> like he, he totally co signed her. That's so badass. Like the fact so that. Did Bill he, Duke. Yeah, Bill Duke came, uh, followed up not long after and was like, "Yeah, yeah this she's she was fantastic. The movie was yeah. dope, uh, yeah. and she is more than welcome to, to have a seat at the table." Yeah, yeah, it's fucking that's, great. See, it, it's it's one of those things that I love that like people are recognizing that that's necessary, and like that them it's dumb that it is. It's dumb that it needs to be said and that it needs to be done. But the fact that they're just like, yeah. Fuck yeah. It was the same thing we saw with Stranger Things and Metallica and Metallica being like, hell yeah, this was dope as shit. And like when people are like, well, it's not cool because it's not the original and yada, 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 fake fans. Like they're like, nah, 
Mm-mm. doesn't work like that. <laughs> like having having that sort of validation goes a long way. And like this this movie just fucking killed it. It really did. Um, is there any way that they could? Is there any way for them to do a sequel to this? Do you guys think? Well, the ending was kind of like <laughs> uh, it showed like the predators. Um, ships coming so more predators are coming yeah. <laughs> so yeah so there might the, be i love the way they did it in the in the um in the credits too where they were basically like showing like this is the story that was passed yeah, yeah three more ships on that note what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode um but we'll be back with the second episode we're gonna be talking all sorts of fun things about uh sequels and movies that you thought really would never would have an awesome sequel and then they did kind of like prey and predator <laughs> um so big thanks to our guest co-host uh miss jordan lee cloud jordan if people were interested let's just say they were on social media and they wanted to see some of the dope ass visual effects art that you do when it comes to makeup where could they find this thing uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, where I'm under Strawberry Touchdown. And I also have a couple of TikToks, but I don't really do the TikToks as much as, as, much as I do the other stuff. It's a lot of work, man. It TikTok is. It's just a lot of work <laughs> in general. Yeah. So thank you so much, Jordan, for, for being on. Um, again, this has been something that I've wanted to have you on to talk fun movie and effects and all that other stuff uh, for such a long time. So thank you for joining us. Um, also, big thanks to Mr. James Rambo, as always. Thank you for your co-hosting abilities, my friend. Uh, we'll be back with another episode. But also, thank you to all of you out there listening and subscribing and sharing. We really do appreciate you. We really, truly do. Um, you make this thing that we do that much more fun. Uh, we'll be back again, like I said. So stay tuned for the next episode. And remember, together, folks, there are no heights that we can't reach. What's keeping me up? Falling apart, man. I keep it a buck. You still act like I'm holding you up. I still feel like I'm totally not so. Tell me what I should have said and not pretend to know that. Things come out my mouth that I should probably learn to hold back. Why do I expect to have the patience that I don't have? Over and over, expecting a different result. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!